inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today. I'm Walker Wildman, your host today for AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net is our URL. Um, It's one of the greatest ways to bypass the censorship and the big tech monopolies uh, that are filtering anything and everything out there. Uh, that comes close to the truth about what's going on in our culture, what's going on in our society, and what's going on in our world. Uh, so one of the best ways to keep up with American Family Radio is just go directly to our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is that URL. We also have a mobile application out there on multiple platforms. So we have the AFR app out there uh, that you can download on your mobile device, on your tablet, And on your Roku and your Apple TV and all those different uh, devices, you can download the American Family Radio app. And then uh, we're also uh, publishing the podcast on multiple platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to AFA at the Core. You can subscribe to the show on multiple uh, platforms. So a lot of different ways to keep up with the show. And the last thing I'll mention is we are live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube today. Facebook and YouTube, just go to AFA at the Core on both of those platforms, Facebook and YouTube, and you can watch the video. You can do that today uh, uh, by going to AFA at the Core, Facebook and YouTube. You know, the good thing about um, technology is, or one of the good things about technology is uh, many people can can use technology to build their own platforms and to to expand their their outreach and their expand their voices, and that's what we're doing at AFA. We're actually in the middle, or actually on the latter part of building our own video platform. Uh, so the days of relying on YouTube, the days of relying on Facebook and other platforms for getting the truth out there, the days of solely relying on those platforms. They are coming to an end, thankfully. November 1st, 2021, so in just under a month, we're going to launch AFA Streaming. That's what it's going to be called, AFA Streaming. And this is going to be a video platform that hosts all AFA-produced content, whether it be the In His Image documentary, The God Who Speaks, whether it be our our over a couple dozen Cultural Institute video sessions, All of this great video content will be hosted on this platform called AFA Streaming. And also on November 1st, when we launch this platform, we're going to start uploading the radio shows, such as AFA at the Core. We're going to start uploading a select few of them on November 1st to these platforms. And then as the months go by, we're going to continue to expand and upload more shows to where eventually... Hopefully towards the latter part of the year, early 2022, we'll have all of AFR's main programs on this platform uploaded on this platform after the fact. Uh, So, for example, um, hopefully on November 1st, it's a Monday, uh, after AFA at the Core airs live on American Family Radio, we will upload the video for the show on that platform after the fact. 
And then as I've mentioned before, over and over again, in 2022, we're going to go for the live streaming option to where you can actually watch the show live on the platform, just like you can on Facebook and YouTube and other places as well. So we're breaking our our, our marriage, we're breaking our bond with these third-party platforms, and we're doing it with good cause. We're doing it with good cause because here's the thing. These platforms have been, they've served good. Um they they really have. I mean, it's amazing what, what you can do on Facebook or what you used to be able to do on Facebook as far as getting your message out there. I mean, it really started out as this public square. But uh, Facebook uh, started getting run by politics and not necessarily money. And when you start doing that, then you start making decisions that aren't really business decisions. They're ideological decisions. So this is where we are today, and we can talk more about that later in the show. But before I need to do, before we do that, let me cover a few other items. By the way, I'm broadcasting live from Purcell Farms in Sylacauga, Alabama. This is our uh, last full day of our AFA retreat here in Alabama. So that's where I am. So if you're watching the video, you'll see my backdrop here. I'm on a beautiful farm in Alabama, and I'll be back in uh, the studio on uh, Thursday. I'll be back in studio on Thursday. Our verse of the week is out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. So do not uh, lose sight of these. That is wisdom and discretion. And where do we find wisdom and discretion? We find it from the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And on that note, it's, um, you know, you think about God's Word, you think about Scripture, and, you know, it's easy from a worldly perspective, from a fleshly perspective, to think that anyone can read, and it is true that anyone who has the ability to read can read Scripture, but reading Scripture and understanding Scripture are two different things. Can they complement each other? Absolutely, they do. But reading something and understanding something are two different things. And what the Holy Spirit does in the believer's life is the Holy Spirit allows us to not just read Scripture, but allows us to understand Scripture. And that's what's so powerful about God's work and about the Holy Spirit is, as believers, we, you know, we've all talked to someone who, they might have read the Bible before they were even a believer, but they just didn't understand it. It just did not take a grip on their life. Uh, then the Holy Spirit came in their life, turned their heart around, turned their mind around uh, towards the things of God. And then, boom, all of a sudden, you start having an actual understanding of the Scripture. So it's a beautiful thing what the power of the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit is a real living uh, person. Absolutely. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I read these surveys, these George Barna surveys, you know, about how X percent of, of Christians say they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, that's just a bunch of, that's just a bunch of garbage. I mean, if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, you don't believe in Scripture. You don't believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, so there's no being a Christian and not believing in the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a fundamental tenet of the Christian faith. To be a Christian is to fundamentally believe in the Trinity and the triune God, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's all or nothing, folks. It is all or nothing, and uh, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. All or nothing. Uh, jumping into 
Our resource of the week is our coffee. Man, this coffee that we have at American Family Association, it is top-notch. And I'm not just saying that because we make it, or we sell it, rather. Uh, but it is genuinely good coffee. I probably take a few cups a day uh, uh, to my office with me. And that is uh, the, the, the flavor I want to promote now is our Harvest Blend. It's an autumn spice, and we have it available at our resource center. So if you just want a bag of coffee uh, to make for your family, uh, to make maybe at church at your Sunday school class, uh, you can do that by going to our resource center, resources.afa.net. Go ahead and order you a bag of Harvest um, Coffee, Harvest Blend Coffee. It's an excellent coffee blend that we have, and we have seasonal blends. So right now we're promoting our autumn blend, and that is the Harvest-flavored uh, autumn spice there at resources.afa.net is the URL. Well, enough of the housekeeping items. I'm going to jump right into the news. We'll cover some more house housekeeping items later in the show. We've got plenty of time for that. You know, I came across this news story about the uh, Justice Department, the Obama, uh, not the Obama, yeah, it might as well be the Obama Justice Department. <laughs> I think it was Nancy Pelosi the other day. She said, uh, um, we're, we're working on implementing Obama's agenda, the Build Back Better agenda the Obama agenda. <laughs> now, of course, she misspoke, or did she? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll ask her. Um, but this is uh, might as well be a, the Obama agenda on steroids. But nonetheless, the Biden, the Joe Biden Department of Justice, headed by far left-wing Merrick Garland, who thankfully is not on the Supreme Court, because that's where um, uh, Barack Obama wanted Merrick Garland. Remember that? He wanted Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court, but thankfully the Republicans, in the few instances of them having a backbone, actually stood up and blocked the Merrick Garland nomination in the final months of the Obama administration. But his, uh, uh, the Obama Department of Justice, they are continuing their weaponization of the executive branch against their political and ideological opponents. That's the best way to put it. Um, this is not, folks, this is not about law and order. This is not about keeping the homeland safe. Uh, this is not about having safe streets, secure borders, um, having safe schools where our kids can walk down the street and go to school in safety. Um, this is not about reducing uh, illicit drugs, uh, reducing um, uh, illegal drugs. This is, man, our, our, our executive branch in the United States, man, this these branches are being used, or this branch specifically, is just being used willy-nilly for political purposes. I mean, that's the only way to explain this. Well, the J Justice Department announced just yesterday that they are going to start investigating and, quote, addressing what they call violent threats against school officials and teachers. And you say, well, What's wrong with that, Walker? Well, on face value, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe. It's a little, their priorities are out of whack because we have bigger problems in our country than uh, mad parents uh, that are upset at their teachers or their school officials. But I digress. This is what, here's what we're getting at, folks. And and these folks, these, uh, these uh, far-left radicals that hate our country, um, they use their code speak, and their code speak sounds good, it's politically correct, and it's hard to, to really cipher through, but, but this is what this announcement is about by the Biden Justice Department. They are upset that we are making headway, that the American people, more specifically, all do credit to the parents 
um, and the community leaders uh, out there that are speaking up at school boards that are frustrated and dissatisfied with our children in America being taught not just critical race theory. That's one of about 20 things that our kids are being taught that is bad. It's, it's objectively bad. Uh, you have critical race theory. You have the sexual deviancy agenda. And, folks, this doesn't just stop at, stop at transgenderism. Uh, this includes uh, promoting and uplifting homosexuality, um, even fornication, uh, sex before marriage. I mean, the litany of issues that are coming up to our poor kids in, in school uh, really is, is disturbing. And this has been going on for a long time. But parents are finally getting fed up uh, with it. They're done with it, and they're speaking up, and they're letting their voice be heard, and that is a good thing. That's an American thing. Um, well, Biden's Justice Department, they are about to start going after these parents and um, and these community members that are speaking up against uh, these school districts, and this is all political. It's not because there's an outpouring of violence against school officials in America. There's an outpouring of violence against teachers in America. No, that's not the case. That's statistically, factually not the case. This is about squashing any type of uprising. And when I say uprising, what am I talking about? I'm talking about parents being actually involved in their in their kids' school, which is a good thing. We should all promote uh, more parents being involved in what their kids' uh, school are teaching and what, what the activities are doing. Uh, but this is all politically motivated, uh, and, and this is an intimidation uh, tactic. This is an intimidation tactic that's being used. Same thing that happened with... Um, uh, everybody who was in uh, Washington on January 6th, you know, they, the people that just walked on the grass in front of the Capitol, they've been arrested, they've been charged, they've been brought before FBI agents. Um, so this is not about making America safer. Um, this is about squashing people uh, 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 and their opinions, people who don't agree with the status quo coming out of Washington, D.C. That's purely all that it is about. So Biden's Justice Department, man, they're not going after the cartels. They're not going after the human smugglers on the border and all around the world. They're not going after the Washington, D.C. political elites that are guilty of insider trading and all the corruption that, is, that espouses Washington, D.C. No, they're not doing that. They're not going after uh, the fraudulent voting that took place in November of 2020. Nope, we're not doing that. We're going to get our priorities in order, and we're going to start going after these old mean parents across the country. All these parents who dare speak up at a school board meeting, that's who we're going after. Boy, are their priorities out of order. EFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in a few minutes. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. When the prodigal son parable is discussed, the focus is usually placed on the young son who squandered his inheritance, yet returned home when he came to himself. But if you look closely at the biblical text, you'll see it actually reveals the inexhaustible love of the father. Jesus' storytelling reveals that this was no usual earthly father. When the young son squandered all, brought shame upon himself and his family, the father sees him from a distance, runs to him, and restores him. That is our heavenly father. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what three things would you bring? Ask girls that question today and you'll undoubtedly hear my phone. Even in a hypothetical scenario, a place with no electricity or cell towers, girls cannot be without their tech. It's a little scary, isn't it? But how might that answer change if you committed to more screen-free time as a family? Spending time outdoors is proven to decrease anxiety, but it also gives girls a chance to learn new skills and have a whole lot of fun. Put a family camp out night on your calendar and stick to it. When you gather in God's creation, whether in your backyard or a national park, you allow your girl the opportunity to learn and grow without relying on a device. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there. I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child, and he had made me choose him or the baby. This mother chose life after meeting with preborn counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound. I just felt so blessed in the hand of God on me so strong, and I knew then on I was going to serve God, and I was going to keep this child, and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally. Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus. He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today. I'm Walker Wildman, host of the program here on American Family Radio. Hey, next week we're having our Fall share Our Fall share is exciting for multiple reasons. Uh, the first reason is we get to hear from our listeners. We get to hear from our listeners. And for those of you who've been around radio a little bit, a little while in your life or for a certain time period, uh, radio's tough sometimes. Radio's tough sometimes because you're talking into a microphone, which I'm doing right now, uh, but you don't always see your audience. You're not always able to see your audience. You're talking into a microphone, and you're praying and you're hoping that uh, what you're saying, what you're doing, the work that you're doing is making an impact. Uh, so it's very uh, special to get to have our share twice a year because we have listeners call in. Many of you probably called in and left a testimony on our voicemail, um, and we air those throughout share So we get to hear those testimonies for three days straight or solid uh, for our share So that's coming up next week, our fall share Tuesday through Thursday of this next week. Uh, so a week from today, we'll begin our share And what we do there is we play listener testimonies. We have a great time. We talk about the work of American Family Association, the work of AFR. Uh, but we also ask you to call in or to go to our website next week 
and donate to support the work of American Family Association because there is a lot going on at AFA. We've got uh, near near 130 employees, full-time employees. We have dozens of independent contractors, and we really have a big operation. We have multiple departments. We have um, a pretty decent-sized campus in Tupelo, Mississippi. We're actually building a new building in honor of my grandfather, Don Wildman, right now. That'll be done in January. Uh, the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation. That'll be completed in January. Uh, so we've got a lot, of, a lot going on, and we're reaching more people than we ever have with the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we wouldn't be able to do that without you guys. We wouldn't be able to do that without our supporters. So your donations go directly to fund the operation at American Family Association and American Family Radio uh, to keep all of our 180 radio stations on the air, to keep shows like this being produced, being put out there on the airwaves and on the Internet. So uh, your your donation, your support, uh, your sacrifice truly is making a difference in our country. Uh, so we thank you for that, and we ask that you'll stay tuned for our Sherathon next week. Back to the uh, news of the day. I came across um, this article um, about what's going on in Washington when it comes to this uh, spending bill, this $3.5 trillion that they're still trying to pass in Washington, D.C. It's the Biden agenda uh, that they're trying to pass, and... Um, they're having trouble, the Democrats, that is, they're having trouble getting consensus amongst their own party members. They're having trouble building consensus amongst the Democrat Party. More specifically, you have this this battle between Senator Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, who are two U.S. senators. Um, Joe Manchin's out of West Virginia. Kirsten Sinema's out of Arizona. But then you have these other Democrat Party members that are even more liberal than the two I just mentioned. I mean, let's don't let's don't act like Joe Manchin's some conservative now. All right, now he he may be more conservative than some of the other radicals in the party, but this entire party has gone rogue. All right, this this entire party has gone off the deep end. Uh, so don't mistake me talking about Manchin and Cinema and them blocking the left wing radicals as some kind of you know round of applause for these two senators. Look, this whole party has gone off the cliff. They're okay with killing babies. Uh, they absolutely have no moral compass other than their own, which is made up out of uh, thin air. Um, so so these folks are no heroes. But nonetheless, uh, these two senators, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, they are, uh, they're not necessarily on board with all of the radical left-wing anti-American ideas that are trying to be pushed by the Biden administration and by other members of Congress. So there's this, there's this inter-party fight going on in Washington, D.C., and folks, let me just tell you, you've seen it before. These uh, these Democrats, they're all Democrats, um, they, are, they are rabid, and they if they don't get their way, they become violent, some of them. I mean, I can play the clips over and over again. We have Maxine Waters back during the Trump administration um, telling telling Democrats to get up in their face, talking about Trump administration officials, you know, interrupt their dinner, uh, go to their house, bang on their front door, do whatever you got to do to intimidate and coerce um, people we disagree with. So they're doing this with their own party members now, which is why I bring this up. Um, we've got we've got these, these activists, these Democrat activists, going after their own party members. And one case specifically um, was... 
Kirsten Cinema, the U.S. Senator from Arizona, she was back uh, back in Arizona over the weekend speaking at, I believe it was Arizona State University, uh, but she was just trying to go to the bathroom. I mean, this is no joke. She was just trying to go to the restroom. And she had these Democrat activists, uh, mob, following her into the bathroom, trying to argue with her and yell at her and convince her that she needs to support the Biden anti-American spending agenda. There are no boundaries for these folks. They'll come to your house. They'll follow you in the bathroom. They'll find you at the Reagan, at the Reagan Airport in Washington, D.C. They will come to your congressional office. They will hunt you down quite literally uh, to intimidate you. So this is absolutely astonishing. And President Biden, he, he kind of, well, he was questioned about this, and he kind of like... He kind of denounced it, you know, this is this is bad, but then he ends by saying, well, this is just part of the process. This is just part of the process. Well, and, and back to the, the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, having their priorities out of order. You know, we had an entire summer, last summer, of, uh, in 2020, we had an entire summer of rioting, looting, Burning down small businesses, businesses of all size. Uh, it's not just small businesses that matter. Uh, Americans work at big businesses, too. We had businesses of all sizes being burned down, looted, the front do uh, glass being broken. I mean, it was like the wild, wild west, except for it was a wild, wild west everywhere uh, across the country. And the Trump administration and his Department of Justice did what they could um, to, to get things under control. But some of these cities, man, they were just letting people destroy the cities in the name of social justice. Um, and But the Democrats were nowhere to be found. I mean, where was Merrick Garland when America was burning last summer? He was nowhere to be found. You want to know why? Because the folks burning it down, they, they fit his political ideology. And this is the common theme here. You know, conservatives... Uh, we should be, if we're not already, we should be against lawlessness no matter what, what uh, uh, whether it's an R or a D beside somebody's name. The law is the law in America. We have a constitution. We have the rule of law. We should have law and order. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat or if you're a left-wing radical or, or Christian. The law is the law. Uh, but the problem is, is the Democrats only want to enforce the law when it fits their political narrative and when it fits their ideology. So that's what we have going on in Washington, D.C. with Eric Merrick Garland and the Biden administration. Well, uh, CNN, uh, Anderson Cooper, he actually um, spoke a little bit of, of sanity yesterday. He came out and said, um, he questioned, you know, talking out loud, he raised the hypothetical about uh, would would the reaction be the same if Trump supporters were hounding Nancy Pelosi in the bathroom? Would the Democrats, would they be okay, would the media be okay if MAGA supporters were hounding Nancy Pelosi in the restroom at a university? And, of course, the answer to that is no. I mean, who does that? I mean, we've we got to have some decency in this country. Um, we wouldn't be okay with that. There would be wall-to-wall -wall coverage about it. There would be invest criminal investigations into it. I mean, they would be throwing up fences like around the Capitol, but they'd be throwing it up all around the U.S. in the name of public safety and national security. Uh, but here we have a Democrat activist going after a member of their own party, and it, it, 
it, it furthers the Biden agenda. So, I mean, who's going to get onto them? Who's going to denounce that? Uh, because it's all about getting the Build Back Better agenda passed through Congress. Speaking of, uh, of, of Congress and the executive branches, I came across this survey uh, today about the American view of the Supreme Court. Uh, how Americans view the uh, Supreme Court. This is a story published out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And here's the headline. One in three Americans say they're open to abolishing or limiting the Supreme Court. One in three, or 30%, 33% to be technical, uh, one in three percent, or I'm sorry, one in three Americans say they're open to abolishing or limiting the Supreme Court. And one of the reasons uh, that, that well, one of the driving points, the driving factors in the 33% that say they're, they're open to abolishing or limiting the Supreme Court is because they say that the, that the Supreme Court has too much power, has too much say, especially over some of the most controversial, some of the most debated issues of our day. Now, with this current political environment, Many of these um, people being surveyed, they could be coming from the left or the Democrats or the people who hate America, coming from that side of the aisle where they don't like the conservative rulings, they don't like the constitutional rulings, so we want to pack the court, we want to change the court, we want to abolish the court. So there's that angle. But I think one thing many of us could probably agree on, with, with even with people on the other side of the aisle, even with people who completely disagree with our worldview as Christians, um, is that the court really does have too much power, too much say over some critical issues in our country. I mean, you look at some of the most debated issues of our day, many of them have just been decided at the Supreme Court. And when I say decided, I'm talking about final legal matters. Uh, abortion, killing babies, this whole thing really got kicked off. I mean, of course, you had the litigation before, but this this whole effort to repeal Roe versus Wade obviously began with a Supreme Court ruling. And then you look at the Obergefell ruling in 2015. Uh, we have same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage is not true marriage. God defines marriage, and it's between one man and one woman, and anything outside of that is not, by definition, marriage. But this same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage came out of the Supreme Court. I mean, what on earth is the Supreme Court doing deciding that? Um, so there is some truth to the, to the way the Amer Americans view the Supreme Court, and we really don't need... Nine justices deciding every core issue in our country. And I know it's hard to say that when the rulings are good rulings, which does happen at times. But, but we, we really just don't need nine justices deciding key major issues in our country. And the court really wasn't intended to do that. We have uh, uh, elected officials. We have state legislators. Uh, we have a president, we have Congress, we have the House of Representatives, we have the Senate, uh, we've got state legislatures, we've got governors, we've got mayor, we've got city council. There's so many layers below the, uh, the judicial system 
that are meant to really hash out and, and solve all these issues that we don't we, we shouldn't have to get to a point where we have nine justices deciding pretty much every major issue in our country. Instead, we should let elected representatives do that. We should let elected representatives do that. Uh, but that's in a perfect world, and of course, we don't live in a perfect world. And one of the main, main reasons that these cases end up before the Supreme Court is because the people who disagree with us, they litigate these things all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, you look at, at God's design for marriage and family, you had over 30 states in the, in, in the Union pass constitutional amendments stating clearly that marriage is between one man and one woman. So we had, uh, we had elected representatives working together with feedback from the American people to pass laws or to get constitutional amendments on ballots uh, so that the American people could speak and that our values could be portrayed and, and put in place in America. And then you start litigating it, and all of a sudden you have nine justices deciding uh, the future of our country on a major issue that really should be decided at the local level and at the state level. Hey, some good news. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, Franklin Graham is doing this tour across the country, God Loves You Tour, down uh, Route 66. Uh, the tour went uh, nearly halfway across the country, if not farther than that. It um, started, okay, it started in uh, Chicago on September 19th and finished outside of Los Angeles in San Bernardino, California on Saturday this past weekend. Uh, Franklin Graham's ministry through this uh, through this speaking tour, this uh, gospel tour, uh, they reached over 56,000 people in person on these free outdoor events. Um, but 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 uh, hundreds, if not thousands, came to Christ uh, through this tour. Uh, thousands made decisions actually uh, on this tour with Franklin Graham. So. Uh, God bless Franklin Graham for his work, for the work of uh, their late founder, Billy Graham. I mean, this is some amazing work. And, folks, God is still working in our country. God is still working in our world. Yes, there are the headlines aren't necessarily good every day. Um, we have to fend with, with the hand that we're, we're, we've been dealt. Uh, but God is still moving in our country. God is still moving in our hearts. God is still moving in the body of Christ. And so we're called to be faithful to his word, to be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to defend and to stand up for God's word. And that's what we're doing. And we do that no matter the immediate outcome, because we know the final outcome rests by the power of God in eternal life. That's where the final outcome rests, and that's what we fend for. AFA at the Core, I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes with our last segment of AFA at the Core. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. Help us inform, inspire, and encourage during share October 12th to 14th. AFA has impacted my life actually in a number of ways. I do have a concern, however, 
please reach out to any Christian in Alaska, in Maine, West Virginia, or Arizona, because this Equality Act is a very wicked act. And we really need to stand in the gap now. Stand with us during Shareathon on American Family Radio. Dan Celia of Financial Issues. You know, there's probably never been a more important time in our economy to be thinking about a charitable gift annuity. I hope you'll do that just to shore up, to firm up some more income, permanent income, income that you can count on for the rest of your life while you're doing the Lord's work. A charitable gift annuity has been something I've been talking about for 25 years. Finally, we're seeing even mainstream start to get on board with the merits of charitable gift annuities. I hope you'll consider it. You can call the AFA Foundation. Someone there will help you work through the details and find out whether you qualify for a charitable gift annuity. Call and speak with a representative of the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you this last segment of AFA at the Core. You know, yesterday, the big old Facebook had an outage lasting at least half of the day, several hours. Uh, Facebook... Instagram and um, one of their other platforms, uh, they were out for pretty much most of the day yesterday, and it was this big news story. Everybody knew about it. Most people did. Um, but what happened during that is is pretty astonishing. So uh, Telegram is, I don't know if you'd call them a competitor. It's a, it's a messaging application. I, I have it on my phone here. Uh, Telegram is a kind of an up-and-coming uh, messaging platform. Uh, many people use it to not only share like uh, organizations and entities, not only share messages and information, uh, but you can you can just instant message someone you know on Telegram. Well, uh, Telegram, while Facebook and uh, WhatsApp—that's the third one I was missing—while Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp were out yesterday. Telegram gained over 70 million users uh, just during a several-hour outage yesterday. 
So these were folks who probably like to use Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Well, they moved over our created accounts in Telegram as a result of that outage yesterday. So that's pretty fascinating. That's 70 million people. I can't imagine gaining 70 million users in a day. Uh, so it looks like Telegram, they got their act together with all their servers set up to handle all that traffic. That's pretty impressive. Uh, but we, we were talking during the break, uh, Bobby, my producer, and I, about how decentralized power is actually a good thing. I um, mean, this is where we are in America, and you have uh, the Facebook whistleblower who's testifying before Congress, and we'll get into that probably uh, Thursday or Friday when I have a little bit more time to study up on it. Uh, but you have this whistleblower testifying before Congress. I mean, we've all had our issues, our complaints about Facebook and Google and all these big tech platforms. But, folks, uh, we've got a just decentralized power. We've got a decentralized communication uh, to where we're not all reliant on one major platform to get our message out. I mean, that's just a smart thing to do um, in order to ensure that uh, we're able to communicate uh, in the for, for the foreseeable future without uh, unnecessary uh, censorship and cancellation that really hinders our ability to communicate. Uh, so that's one of the reasons we're building our own video platform, so we don't have to go through the YouTube moderators to get our videos published. We'll go through our AFA moderators uh, to get our videos published. Uh, we'll have our own video platform, and uh, that's so important. We have our own email list, by the way. We have our own email list that we communicate with our supporters, and you can go to our website, afa.net, right there on the homepage, and you can actually sign up for our email. So we email you directly uh, with uh, up-to-date information on our work. Uh, so we've got to decentralize our communication channels uh, because the 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 left, uh, the, the people who hate our country, who want to bring it down, who want to further divide us, uh, they're using any and all means to disrupt our movement, to disrupt the truth from getting out. Uh, so we have to have a variety of ways to communicate. And that's not being conspiratorial. That's being factual. <laughs> because if all we do is rely on one platform like Facebook to get our message out, well, then Facebook willy-nilly just decides to pull us down, uh, cut us off. Well, then we're sitting here with no way to communicate to our supporters. Uh, so we got to have multiple ways to communicate to you, and we do. That's a good thing. We have our FM radio network across the country. We have our websites that are operated and run by our team. We have our own email list, and the list goes on of ways that we communicate to you. Speaking of communicating, you know, Project Veritas, they do this undercover investigative reporting. Uh, they just never uh, fail to impress me with their work. Um, and they've been getting inside these major uh, shot companies, these major COVID shot companies, these distributors, uh, manufacturers and distributors, such as Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, um, they're just getting in these companies and interviewing these employees, and the things that these employees are saying is absolutely shocking, kind of shocking. Uh, we, we knew this kind of stuff was going on. We just didn't have it on camera. So in that sense, it's not very shocking. But I'm going to play two clips here. I'm going to play part one first. Uh, this, is, this is a Pfizer scientist having a lunch or dinner with an undercover Project Veritas reporter. And the topic of conversation in this clip, part one, is about natural immunity. And remember, let me just set this up a little bit. Uh, natural immunity has really been overlooked to a large extent. I mean, you and I have been talking about it here on the airwaves. We've had doctors on talking about it. Uh, so some of these alternative media outlets have been talking about natural immunity, and it's really pretty much science 101. 
Um, but Dr. Anthony Fauci and all the fear mongers in Washington, D.C. and all the quote-unquote experts across the country, you know, they've been going on CNN, MSNBC and just saying the only way out of the pandemic is for you to get the vaccine. By the way, the vaccine that doesn't work like a vaccine, so let's call it a shot. Um, the only thing you can do to get out of this pandemic is to get the shot. Um, and they've totally ignored natural immunity, which is a key player in a pandemic. So speaking of natural immunity, let's hear what one of the Pfizer scientists had to say about it. Clip three. When somebody is naturally um, immune, like they got COVID, um, they probably have better, like not better, but more antibodies against the virus. Because what the vaccine is, is like I said, that protein that's just on the outside. So it's just one antibody against one specific part of the virus. When you actually get the virus, you're going to start producing antibodies against like multiple pieces of the virus. And not only just like the outside portion, like the inside portion and the actual virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Well, there you have it. That's not Walker Wildman saying it. That's not Dr. Peter McCullough saying it, uh, who's a, also an expert in this area. Uh, that's not Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA technology, saying it all. Although those two gentlemen have enough credibility to speak on this issue, and we've played their clips and I've had Dr. McCullough on. That is a Pfizer scientist. That is a Pfizer scientist um, saying that natural immunity is better than vaccine immunity. Yes, that's what he said. You take the clip, that's what he said. He tried to start out by saying, well, it's not really better, but then he ended the clip by saying, yeah, that kind of is better. Um, natural immunity is better than vaccine immunity, but but you know what? That doesn't sell. Quite literally, that doesn't sell. <laughs> because think about the millions of Americans who have natural immunity. If you've got natural immunity, according to this Pfizer scientist, then you don't need the jab. But that doesn't literally sell that's not going to make Pfizer money, uh, so we can't talk about that. Instead, we got to talk about how you should get the shot no matter what. Um, so we've been saying this all along, uh, that natural immunity is important. It should be talked about, it should be discussed, and it should be um, discussed as a protective means of helping people not to get sick again with COVID. Um, but that doesn't make the pharmaceutical companies billions of dollars, so it's been suppressed by the mainstream media outlets and by the so-called experts at the CDC and the FDA and all the other 27 million agencies that our federal government operates. Um, clip four here. Now, this is, this is part two, and I could, I could have pulled 15 clips out of this, this undercover investigation because there were three individuals from Pfizer that were uh, covered in this uh, undercover investigative reporting or journalism. And this is, this is another scientist, this is part two, another scientist talking about how you're protected better uh, because of the natural response as it, as it relates to COVID-19 and natural immunity. Clip four, let's listen. I had COVID and I okay. have monster immunity yeah. after eight months, so I just got checked last month yeah. for antibodies. I mean, that's no worries. Same thing with my brother. So should I get the vaccine? Wait. Until when? If your immunity starts to wane, then get vaccinated. So I mean, well protected? Yeah. Like as much as the vaccine? Probably more. How so? Like how much more? I mean, so when we came out with 
So right now we're seeing an increase in the Delta variant, mostly not because of the variant, because of immune, or basically their antibodies are waning. There you have it. That's another Pfizer scientist uh, saying, uh, the, the undercover reporter there said, should I, I have natural immunity, I have the antibodies because I've had the virus before, should I go ahead and get the shot anyway? And the Pfizer scientist said, wait, wait. Uh, and then he goes on to say that if your uh, natural immunity begins to wane, which there's actually scientific evidence and studies to suggest that it actually doesn't wane, it can stay around for a pretty long time. Um, and, and he says, he ends by saying, uh, that you're probably more protected uh, by the natural immunity than you are by the shot. Uh, so that's coming from Pfizer scientists. Man, this is a a great thing that Project Veritas is doing by reporting the truth, by uh, uh, investigating these entities, these organizations. Um, and and Bobby told me during uh, the break that these these scientists are, are fleeing <laughs> quite literally. Uh, Bobby, uh, they are. They are fleeing because they got outed. They got outed by Project Veritas. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's uh, in fact that that gentleman in the first clip. Uh, actually, I think it's the, the uh, same person in that entirety. But there's actually three, okay. three clips floating around, and um, from this clip here, uh, I believe the gentleman's last name is Carl. I think his name is Nick Carl. He's um, He's actually fleeing as we speak, and uh, I'm sure the other two won't be uh, far behind because there's a lot of details out there uh, of how Pfizer has had these locked down and, um, you know, things of that nature. So uh, it, it's coming. But that entire yeah. clip, uh, just as a side note, uh, is about 25 minutes plus, and that'll mm -hmm. be hyperlinked in the podcast as well. Yeah, so the fellow's name that Bobby and I are talking about is Nick Carl, K-A-R-L. He's a Pfizer scientist for the Pfizer Corporation. And he's a senior um, scientist, by the way. Wow. Yeah, so so that's that's who you heard in the clip there. Uh, and they're just saying what we've been talking about for months. They're just saying it, um, what was supposed to be off the record, but thanks to Project Veritas, is now on the record. Um, they're saying what we've all been saying all along. Um, and, and, you know, another another interesting aspect to this entire discussion about natural immunity is we keep, we keep being told by a lot of people that if you get the shot, if you get the COVID-19 vaccine, that, well, it may not prevent you from getting COVID, but it'll make you have a less severe case of COVID. And they say that, and everybody's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. But nobody goes... Well, where's the data to, to back that up? Where's the data where you've done random controlled clinical trials with a placebo group and a non-placebo group where you can definitively say that the shot helps people have less severe cases of COVID? Because let's remember, this has only been on the market for public consumption, for public use, since December of 2020. And in the days, in the world of science, and in the world of research, and in the world of clinical trials, that is a very short time. 
so uh, I would love to see the clinical trials um, that show definitively that the shots actually help people have less severe cases of COVID. Because as part of this discussion, what's being left out and a question that is critical to this entire debate is how many people getting the COVID vaccine already have natural immunity because they've had the virus in the past? That is a critical data point. How many Americans that are getting the COVID-19 vaccine have already had the virus and therefore already have natural immunity in their system? That is a critical data point to finding out the truth about uh, these shots and how effective they are. So maybe we'll get that. Uh, Maybe we'll get that. But as I mentioned, Johns Hopkins University, their own website, when you start reading on their website about vaccines, um, the average time to research, to produce, to manufacture, to distribute a vaccine is five to ten years. Five to ten years and even parts, uh, uh, other parts of the same website under operated by Johns Hopkins say that sometimes uh, vaccines take 15 to 20 years to produce, uh, take 15 to 20 years to produce. So as I've mentioned over and over again, uh, this whole safe and effective narrative uh, that's being put out there, it, it, is, it is really on shaky ground. It is really on shaky ground, if on any ground at all, uh, because we we're, we were operating, America was operating under a very short time frame. America was operating under a very short time frame. So it takes years, folks. And this is not this is not a new thing. This is like the status quo. It takes years to research vaccines. Years, decades to research vaccines, and to be able to definitively say. A vaccine is safe and effective and we're just not there yet we're just not there yet maybe in three or four years we'll be there but we're just not there yet we haven't had enough time as a country and as a society to effectively definitively research these shots afa at the core i'm walker wildman glad to be with you today hey we'll see you next time on afa at the core The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.